Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy. Go to bed, Teddy. Hello, and welcome to hour number four of the Indie Radio 24-hour podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, the beautiful, the talented, the one and only, Shannon Ford hour number four of the... How you doing, Shannon? I'm good. I was enjoying the playback. I wanted to hear my name one more time. How are you? <laughs> How are you, Kenzie? I I'm doing wonderful. I am I am uh doing my thing with you and I'm happy to be here. Uh we're once again joined by uh Q Vergara. Wait, say it. So I can say Vagara. See, I gotta, like I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta be better at rolling my R's, my Iris. Um, and we're also joined by the one and only So So Steph. Right. So So Steph, who is not So So at all. That part. Yes. So, um, first of all, uh, Stephanie, how mm-hmm. how has 2020 been for you so far? It's been okay. Um, just trying to set some goals and put some plans and actions in terms of my career. So, yeah, so far so good. Um, I'm I'm optimistic. Oh, okay. Go for the optimism. All right, all right. I like it. Really? I like it. Um. Uh, what about you? Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask you that on the on the last show. Cute. Cute. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, no, good. Trying to, man, I hate when you have a goal in mind. It's not like you can just get the shit done and check it off your list. It's like you can work at it for a year and for months and months. And it's just a little bit every day. And even though you're making progress, it's still like a long time away. That's where I feel, even though it's the beginning of the new year, I still feel like I'm in the middle of a bunch of my projects. So, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, it, it's it's very hard sometimes to um, to get everything accomplished you want to, definitely in one calendar year. Right. But you know, we push through. That's right. And we do we do what we can. But persistence mm-hmm. is a goal too, so that's good. That's for sure, definitely. Um, also, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I just feel very good about what's coming up in 2020. I said it at the start, and I'm looking forward to this year. Now, there's something very special about you two ladies, right? And you guys are both. Say that again. You guys are both mothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, Peaches, what's up, Peaches, in the chat, and Artis hey, and Maya. Um, um, you both are mothers of of young children under the age, both under the age of ten, right? Yeah, my son's nine. Nine, and what about you, Q? Uh, two and a half. Two. Oh, wow, that's a big, wide uh, difference. Yeah, I know you remember those twos, right? I do. <laughs> and. But- yeah, me and Shannon, we don't have children yet. I will be able to join y'all next year for the third annual. I'll have a kid. Thanks. 
Oh, okay. okay. All right. Congratulations in anything. So, Thanks. I appreciate it. I've, you know, I love children. I love children. I've dated women with children. I've coached children. I've been a big brother. I have nephews and nieces. I know it's not the same, you know? Um, and I have friends who are parents, male and female. And one thing, especially the, the women that I know who are single mothers, um, um, and I'm sure the same with women who are in relationships with the either with someone or with the um, the parent, is that a lot of times you put so much into being a mother that you don't necessarily always put stuff into yourself. Uh. And I notice, stop me if I'm wrong, because a lot of times I see this, this seems to be like kind of this guilt thing that, you know, like where a lot of mothers feel guilty, like just the fact that they want time away away from the kid. I mean, let me say, let me say that right. Not that you don't want to be around your child, but sometimes you want like a break, right? Am I wrong? No. So not, not, not that you don't like the kid. Of course, you still love your child. But sometimes, you know, um, I'm going to give you a story about a friend of ours. Right. So um, a certain Spanish friend of ours who uh, lives near uh, Andre. Uh, I was I had called you her. You are rude. <laughs> I, I called her right to um, to uh, be on a show. And uh, I, I was trying to get in contact with her, right? And I, you know, she's a mother of three, right? She has two 17-year-olds and one five-year-old. And, um, you know, I couldn't get, get a hold of her because she was doing stuff with her five-year-old, right? So she finally got back with me. Uh, no, I mean, no, I called her, but she was in the bathtub. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your bath. And she said, this is probably the only time I'm going to be able to talk to you <laughs> from the bath. <laughs> yep. And I, was, and I was like, oh, okay. So I, so I told her what I needed from her, you know, with the show and all that. And then she goes, and then the kid comes in. And the kid is like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And then he's, she's like, I'm in the bathtub. Can you just let me be in the bathtub? <laughs> and she, he's like, mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, it was, I mean, it, I was laughing. She was not laughing. This was not funny to her. <laughs> like she was You're not going to do my Evan like that. Right. It was, it was pretty funny though. And then he was like, let me get in too. She's like, no, I want this time to myself. Can I just be in the bathtub and enjoy taking a bath, which is a, everyday regular thing but stuff like that i can see how it would become have greater importance so i bring that up not to put i didn't say her name but we know who we're talking about I, not to put her on blast or anything like that is i'm sure there must be moments where you know you need that break so um one Steph, is you want to you take it first yeah <laughs> yeah go ahead Steph. Yeah, there's times where you need a break. I mean, you have to understand, like, like you know, from an emotional perspective, you want to be there for your kids, and you want to, especially if you're a single parent like I am, like you, you are the cook, the queen, the, the maid. You, you, you provide emotional support. You're the disciplinarian. You're the playmate. You're the chauffeur. You're the financial advisor. Like you, do, you make decisions all day long, and you know especially if you don't really have someone to delegate any responsibilities to, yeah, it gets hard. I mean, and even if you're not physically tired, um, sometimes you're just emotionally drained because, you know, you're dealing with a person who has a fully formed personality of their own. And, you know, you're trying to mold and shape them, discipline them, you you know, be there for them, spend time with them, do fun things with them. Um, let them know that you care. Like it is a big balancing act, and I have a job, so it's not like I don't work. So sometimes I bring work home, 
then you know there's other things so one thing that i realized is that you know if i don't pour into myself i can't be there for my son and yeah. my mental and physical health is so important so, and i've really been working on my mental health in the past year to just get to a better place and then as far as you know time to myself or like things like that i can relate because sometimes the only time i would have to myself on my commute home and i enjoyed having a long commute because i had more time to myself mm-hmm. just be alone with my thoughts even if i was in traffic there's nobody asking me for anything nobody complaining nobody crying <laughs> you know nobody checking on me nobody going to get in my bed no <laughs> and so or you know even in the shower or you know you know or maybe you know it could be even oh well i live in my grandma's house for an hour just to run an errand maybe she doesn't babysit him all the time she's just watching him for a few minutes so you could take care of something where maybe it's not appropriate to take a child maybe a doctor's appointment or anything and you just cherish you learn to cherish that time um and then also you know i am blessed to have some financial resources to have a babysitter and to be able to outsource certain tasks like you know i have a housekeeper that comes every other week um and i i can get a babysitter you know it's still expensive to me uh, which kind of made me think about your previous show about dating and closing the deal because I don't want to pay for a babysitter to go on a date with somebody whack, but that's another story. Hey, back <laughs> though. That's true. So, yeah, you have to figure out a plan, like, and it doesn't happen overnight, and it also depends on your child's needs, too, because if you have a child that is, like, you know, doesn't do well in the care of other people, they're super anxious when you're gone, um, you know, my son, he, he struggled, like, you know, acclimating to new people because he was just used to being, that's my, my buddy, like, it's just been me and him. So, um, yeah, you, you really have to outsource if you can, you know, and, you know, lean on your support group. Um, and then also you have to learn how to say no to certain things because, like, your family will ask you to do things oh, you know, do you want to go to such and such? It could be something like going over to a family member's house for a get-together. You you may not feel like it. You may just want to stay at home in your bed and watch Netflix while the baby's taking a nap. You know, you just don't feel like it. You just want to be in your space without a bunch of stuff going on. So I've learned to try and do that. I'm not perfect at it, but, you know, I, 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 try to, I do try to make time for myself. Even mm-hmm. Like I leave work maybe thirty minutes early, just to you know go and get a pedicure, you know, some just something that I can that is just for me. Mm. So, so yeah, I'm so glad you brought up emotional, the not emotional support, but the emotional. Oh God, I completely forgot what it's called. Like like the uh... self care strain it takes on you to make all of those emotional decisions every day it's it's, they say that ceos and multi-billion dollar entrepreneurs are successful because they eat the same thing every day wear the same clothes every day and do pretty much the same shit and what that does is it eliminates those decisions so they're able to pour those decisions into more meaningful work when you're a mom or when you're a single parent you now have to make decisions for you and decisions for someone else and because they have that little personality they don't want to wear the same shit every day and they don't want to eat the same shit every day (laughs) or they do want to eat the same shit every day but now you have your mom or your mother-in-law saying well you know they can't eat chicken nuggets every day and you're like but he's eating you know and so there's this constant battle with yourself and with everything going on around you and even more so i've noticed as a mom i mean no matter what you do you're kind of fucked either way because there's always someone with a really really strong opinion on some decision that you made 
for the best of your kids. So like, for instance, I remember for my son's first birthday, we were like, we're going to have his birthday in the morning from 9am to 11am or from 9am to noon. And the reason for that is he goes down for a nap between one and two. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we get him home so he can relax and like detox from all of that stimulation. Well, parts of his family, like parts of, you know, the cousins and the additional family get there and people start complaining that it's too early and they don't want to go. And I'm like, it's a one-year-old's birthday. What the fuck are you going to do at a park? You don't have any kids. You never check in on him. You honestly have no reason to be here. And it's not an adult thing. This is literally for him a couple hours at the park. You know, and then if people are showing up late, now they're mad that I'm taking him home. And I'm like, it's literally his birthday built around his needs and what he's doing. I'll be damned if I'm going to fry his little nerves to stay out because it suits everyone else. You know, and I completely understand if it's a birthday, people want to, you know, celebrate for hours on end, but a one-year-old can't really do that, especially a one-year-old that I'm trying to maintain on a schedule, you know, because schedules are extremely important if you have to work, if you have to make sure your kid's watched by someone else, even more so making sure that other person maintains that schedule, maintains the way you want to discipline. I don't want to hit my kid, so I have to make sure whoever is watching him doesn't hit him. Because you don't have to hit him. You raise your voice and you hit your own hand and he cries. Because he knows what you're saying. But I know the mischievous shit he does, you know? So it's like playing this really thin line between what's best for my kid, what works with our lifestyle, and how much do I truly give a shit about people around me. Because everyone's going to put their opinion on what you're doing and how you're not doing it and what you could be doing better. And it's really fucked up because when I first became a mom, I was very much like, tell me what to do. I need help. I need everyone's opinion so I can form my own. And then it became, you know what? Um, Shut the fuck up. I know what I'm doing because I know what he needs because I can look at him. And I know what he needs. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that relationship maybe between a mom and a daughter. I feel like these are very convoluted ideas that don't necessarily apply to every circumstance. And I don't want necessarily women, because have you guys ever heard of those women that have a kid and then they don't have that like emotional attachment to them? Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Like, I don't want them to necessarily think they're doing anything wrong because everyone is so fucking different. And what works for you and your family might not work for your neighbor. And I think that's the point I'm trying to get at, you know, a friend, a friend of mine mine told me uh, who's a mother. She said, sometimes sometimes I hate the word mommy mommy. because like her kids will say it like over and over and they'll drive her nuts. Uh, We have an echo. But she'll, uh, she'll say, I, I hate the word mommy because like she'll hear it over and over. It's like, mommy, this, mommy, this, mommy, this. And then she said one time she snapped and she was like, don't call me not mommy. <laughs> and the kid looked at her like, what am I going to call you? <laughs> you know, and then she, she realized, you know, she realized that she had, she was on one. So then she, you know, you know, said, no, no, you know, calm down and all of that. But. I, I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, that she was under so much stress and all of this stuff. And because um, she was doing it by herself. And and um, well, I'm so glad you even brought up guilt, because mm-hmm. for me, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, Steph, but for me, guilt has played a huge role in motherhood. I constantly feel guilty. My kids happy as shit, but I constantly feel guilty. I'm like, you haven't been to Disney I work too much. I don't even really work overtime like that. And I'm like, I work too much. I go to school, so I'm not spending time with you. You know, all of these things that become this amalgamation of guilt that fucking kills me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's like there's literally nothing else I can do because everything that I'm doing now is to set up for the future that I'm trying to build for him. But there's this internal struggle of 
but what about right now? I'm missing the little things that he's doing to while he's growing up, you know? Yeah, you didn't, um, did you take him, did you, Stephanie, did you take him to the DJT rally in Houston? Uh, a little <laughs> <back>? <laughs> I mean, in terms of guilt, yeah, I do feel mom guilt sometimes. I actually felt it today because I I, I, I wasn't feeling well mm-hmm. and I wanted to take a nap and I slept a little bit longer than I had planned to. So I felt bad that Kendall didn't, like, I wasn't up to, like, you know, spend time with him on the weekend. I felt really bad about that. But, you know, then I had, I had to reflect on the fact that I stayed up to, like, well, midnight the other night, try, helping him with his science project and stuff. So, you know, it, 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 the pendulum swings, like, really wide sometimes when it comes to parenting. And I think for me, the, the most the most serious issue that I deal with is really my group is driven more by anxiety. And the anxiety comes from feeling like I can't do everything within the 24-hour day. So, you know, it's like, I want to finish my laundry. I want to do this. I, I want to check my emails from work. I want to, you know, be able to cook food every day, like a hot meal. But sometimes I feel bad because I have to eat out because I just have things to do or I'm I'm just plain tired. Uh-huh. And, you know, I have to get, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't want him to be late to school. I want him to have a hot breakfast every day. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Q hit on something about when, people bring in their other their opinions it's like yeah like my son likes certain things for breakfast and I really don't deviate from that because it makes my morning very easy and my mom always has something to say well why do you always bring them this I'm like because I don't have to think about it like he likes it it's not unnutritious it does like why do like if he likes it and it's and it's good for him why does it matter like if he likes oatmeal every day like it's yeah. good for you like and you know, that's like his favorite thing to eat, oatmeal. And then he's cooking his pancakes and sausage and fruit. So it's not like he has a horrible breakfast or a horrible, horrible diet. You know, it's like people just find things to nitpick. And as much as I have on my plate and people know, why would you talk, like, why would you even say that? Because well, and I feel like... I feel guilty because I'm not making an executive breakfast every morning. Like, well, really? And then I feel like what really adds to it is the other side of the coin that if a dude were to be in your position waking up making your son that same meal they would be praised for it and it's like do you not see what the fuck I'm doing between my day job my side hustle my editing my writing a book you know all of this other stuff that I'm doing but I'm still beating myself up because I couldn't bathe my kid one night but at the other side of the coin, if my partner all of a sudden is like, oh, let me go bathe him and get him ready for bed, it's like fireworks are going off. And I'm like, fuck me. I just did it 364 days last year. Like, right. can I get a fucking parade? I didn't bathe my son every night when he was a baby. And you know why? Because my best friend's a pediatrician and she told me that she don't bathe her kids every night when they were very little. They don't need it. Like, right. it's not necessary. Like, if they're very little, like, now, up in, now, when they start going to the restroom and you're not, they're trying to clean themselves and stuff like that, that's something different, like, in that potty training phase. But when they're in that one and a half to two phase, like, even before then, of course, because, like, even newborns and stuff, you don't bathe them every day. You bathe them, like, once a week, and you gradually increase it. So sometimes I'll be so tired because I nursed my son for two years. I work, you know... Sometimes my commute was 45 to 50 minutes. Traffic in Houston is horrible. His dad was taking me back and forth through custody situations, like constantly. Like I was having financial problems. Like I was having a lot of problems. And my friend was like, don't worry about it. Just give him a washout and put him to bed. Like he's a baby. Like she's, and and I'm like, okay, she's a pediatrician. She knows. Like, and you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay. Well, it's great having that epiphany because my mom same thing she's like he's a baby like what the fuck you think he's doing out in these fields he's not doing anything (laughs) right he don't sweat like us 
they don't have body odor like we do because of you clean him every time you change his diaper. Right. And I'm cleaning, you know, and you know, brush his teeth, wash his face, wipe him down, and put his pajamas on. And then, you know, when you're the next day you're not so tired, give him a bowl back. You know, it's like she's okay. like, Don't beat yourself up over it. I told my the, my patients all, you know, my, my parents and stuff of my patients, like if he goes one night without a bath, it's not the end of the day. And I think it's not socially acceptable to say stuff like that. But yeah, you know, doctors will tell you, like, okay. That's the stuff that as a mom, you need to hear. Because yeah. you have, and, and fuck me, I have no idea where we get this preconceived notion that if I'm not 100%, 100% of the time, yeah, like, I am fucking awful and I am terrible. But you know what? Yeah. The, I think I had read that the sign of a good parent is that you always think you're fucking up. Bad parents think I am always okay. bad parents. I know because bad parents are just like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I'm like, I got this. It's fine. Like, and I'm like, you're playing tag in traffic, my guy. I don't think you do that. <laughs> like, good parents are constantly worried. We're constantly anxious. We're constantly thinking that I'm not doing enough. You know, right? Like, what else can I do to do you know, and enrich his life, whether it be you know, you know, academic. Uh, you know, sports, but, you know, yeah, for you know, sure. Time with family, you know, making sure that he's getting what he needs, like in terms of you know stimulus. Like, it is, it's, it's a lot. And then you know, it, it makes it even more difficult when you're in a situation like me, whose his dad wasn't super cooperative. He was actually very antagonistic. So, I, I have dealt with guilt, not as much as maybe some people do, but. Because my mom definitely will give on that on that she definitely gives me a reality check on. She was like, "You're only one person, you know. Yeah, I, you can't do everything." And then she was like, "And if you can pay for somebody to do something, pay them. You know, is everything. You know what's what's so interesting to me, and this is probably gonna sound silly, is like you're pregnant, right, for nine months or whatever it is. You go into the hospital, you have a baby." And then it's like a couple of days later or a day later, whatever it is, you go home and it's like, dang, I, all of a sudden you got this person. Oh, I felt that as soon as he was born. Like, I was just like, okay, this person is totally dependent upon me. They cannot fend for themselves. I'm fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I remember when I said at the moment. I remember when my kid came home from the hospital and he had been on oxygen because he came out two months premature and my mom tried to go to the grocery store and I'm a grown ass woman. And I'm like, mom, where are you going? We got this baby. <laughs> like, you mean we have to go grocery shop and the family needs to eat. I'm like, no, we have a baby. When are you going to be back? What do you mean you have to go? And it's so funny because I was thinking about the, that the other day that I was so fucking petrified and terrified of this itty bitty potato that didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, but yeah. he took you're so much. You're scared you're going to make mistakes. You're so scared they, of making mistakes. And, you know. Do they give you like. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do they give you like. Um, I don't know. A, a manual, An owner's a, a manual? manual or, or, well, or took, go to I YouTube took, and check out these videos. Uh, <laughs> I took parenting classes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at my hospital, they had the parenting and the Lamas and the breathing and all that. And it was, it was helpful, um, which, and then his dad came to every class. Oh, okay. And then after he was born, he acted like he didn't want to help me at all with the baby. It's oh, so man. weird. See, my classes, all of my parenting and Lamas classes were scheduled the week after I had him. Mm. Mm. So I was like, that's not really going to help me. He was born early. He was. He was born right after 30 weeks. And then I was terrified from that. So all the postpartum that comes with having a kid in the NICU for six weeks. And it was terrifying because they were like, okay, we're going to send him home on oxygen. Mm -hmm. Here's how to do CPR. Make sure he doesn't die. That's like all you got to do. And I'm like, fuck you mean all I got to do. I have no medical training, my guy. You're mm-hmm. sending me home with an entire human. Mm-hmm. First week home, he got pneumonia. And when I tell you I felt guilty, I was like, my kid almost died in less than a week of me having him. Mm-hmm. 
And then I finally talked to another NICU nurse and she goes, you know what? This actually happens with like 80% of babies that leave the NICU has absolutely nothing to do with you. And I was like, oh my God, that I felt terrible because all of a sudden it's like, wow, you were my responsibility and you got a fucking lung infection. Like, how does that happen? If, if there was a grading system at that point, it just would have been failed. This baby's not yours. CPS is coming <laughs> to your door. And now I'm all just like, he's, he's fine. He's hardy. He's, yeah. It, um, it's, a, it's definitely a, a balancing act of making sure your child has the things that they need and, and, of course. and a few things that they want. You know, they have wants to. And also taking care of yourself. Um, whatever that is for you, what, whatever you feel that is. So whether it's exercising, sleeping, you know, going on date night, you know, whatever. I think that you, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the the day to day, the hustle, the hamster in the wheel. It's okay. that sometimes you don't, you have to plan it. It's just like when you're in a marriage and 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 you're like, oh, we're paying bills, we're taking care of the kids, we're going to work. And then next thing you know, a month has gone by, you haven't had sex. Well, you probably but could- dude, I feel like, especially <laughs> when you're a mom, like from the moment I had my kid, time has started sprinting the fuck by me. And I'm like, yo, where is it going? Time is moving so quickly now that yeah. you legitimately have to take a step back and be like, okay, we have to like plan to go out and plan to do this and plan to be organized. And then it's awesome. Yeah, and then it can't anymore be, oh, let's just go, you know, run a, run around and go do this. So we need a baby. Especially if you want to do stuff with friends that have kids too. Because like uh-huh. my friends have kids. When I went to Jamaica with my friends, man, let me tell you. We're, most of us are moms. Some of them are in relationships. Some of us are not. But most are moms. It was so refreshing to be able to get up and not have to make breakfast for anybody. Nobody talking to me. Nobody asking me anything. Nobody asking for an iPad. Nobody asking for the remote. Nobody telling me they want pancakes. I just woke up and just went to the buffet. I felt so good. Like nobody was, I didn't have to, nobody was depending on me for anything. I cried. Like, no, I'm saying like, I cried because I was just like, I, I, I felt so good because I just hadn't had that long of a break where I wasn't just, oh, I got to rush and get back home, rush and get him from the babysitter, rush and get him to bed rush and make sure he goes to bed so we got to get up for church rush and make sure his uniform because all your time is calculated it was like five days where i didn't have to think about anybody but me and it's like us we planned that trip a year in advance oh wow a year so it takes planning you know Uh, able to do stuff especially if the people you want to do things with you know, out of your spouse or your 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 the other the other parent have kids too. So you got to yeah. keep in mind. And as you get older, you know, the more commitments people have. They got kids. They got businesses. They got to deal with uh, aging parents because now some of my friends they they can't travel because they're taking care of an aging parent. You know, I have a parent that's that's sick, that's in a hospital bed. It's a lot of stuff that you have to coordinate to be able to spend time. Whether even if it's just alone in your bed with a big bowl of popcorn and the latest Tyler Perry movie on Netflix, like even and if I it's- think on top of that, you have to be honest with yourself with what you're capable of, what your yeah. priorities are, because mm-hmm. very often it's like, okay, well now I have to go be a debutante and go be social. Okay, well now I have to go be this person. Well now I have to go be every woman, and it's like, bitch. You need to rest, and you know this. Be honest with yourself. You know you're tired. You know you're not. You really have to figure out your priorities and be honest with yourself about what you're capable of. And not even, and I even hate putting it that way because it, it sounds like you have to max yourself out every day, you know? And there are some days where I just want to coast by on 30 and 30% and just get to the end of the day and be cool. There are some days, yeah, I'm out there giving a hundred percent, but 
when you're a mom, it, it low-key feels like every day you're given 120% and you still feel like you're falling short. Mm-hmm. Now, um, let me ask a question you guys might you might think is silly, but I'm a man, so I don't know. I will, I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for nine months, you had somebody up in your body. <laughs> and then that person moonwalked out, right? Exactly like that, uh huh. I wish they would have moonwalked out. (laughs) I had a Dexter situation. They sliced open my stomach, had pictures of me hanging up, tell me how I fucked up and like popped my kid out. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, he rolled out. That one, he rolled out. So, my question is like, how different does your body feel after you've housed a human and then now that human's not in you no more? Like, does your body like at what point does your body start feeling like it did before? Does it ever go back? Like how different do you feel? I mean, think about it. You had a human I being inside of you. Hundred percent different from the time I was pregnant. Carrying my child, he's fucked up my bladder. Mm. He's fucked up my pelvic floor. <laughs> he's fucked up my back. I can't sit for long periods of time. I pee if I hit fire kush. I (laughs) will piss if I laugh too hard. Like, it's so much little shit that I had no idea about. And the part that pisses me off even more, and this might be a slight bit of a tangent, is considering we're such a developed nation, why is it our prenatal and postpartum care is such bullshit? In some Scandinavian country, I would have to fact check myself, but I believe somewhere in your after you have a baby, they help rebuild your pelvic floor. Also, fun fact, you can still have a fucked up pelvic floor and piss when you laugh, even if you have a C-section. Because when you're carrying a child, the baby actually sits there. Mm. And that's the part that weakens, which makes it so... You can have accidents and all that other fun stuff. So in these other countries, what they do is they'll give you a video game. Imagine a joystick or like a weight that you put up your pussy and then you do kegels to keep the weight and play like Angry Bird on a computer screen. So it helps you rebuild those muscles because all a vagina is. Well, let me rephrase. It's not a vagina. What? It's. What's the proper word for a vagina? Because the vagina is actually just the canal. Vulva. The vulva. Vulva. Vulva is actually the whole shit. The vagina is just the canal that houses the penis during fuckage. Fucking fuckingness. So vulva is the whole shit. Where was I going? Well, so that's I, just I the muscle. I was going to say cute in certain places they do give you not necessarily playing angry birds but I was threatened with kegel therapy when I right after I had my hysterectomy cuz I had stress Really? Oh so yeah, my doctor my... was like you don't have a choice if you don't get it together. I said, "Yo, I got to work, so I will hold my bladder till I get there." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how how's your body different now that you had a person living in you for 9 months? Me? Yeah. Um, well, after I had him, I, my, my, my stomach muscles, they felt real wobbly. Like, I felt real loose in my stomach. Like, just real, like, like that's why they tell you to wrap your tummy to get that support. Um, and I could definitely see why. Um, I mean, I lost, I was actually a lot smaller than I am now after I had him. And even after breastfeeding, I became really small, like size 10, 12 from mm. breastfeeding. That's small for my for my frame, but um, I think for me, I de- definitely dealt with some incontinence issues, um, especially like it, like right around the time it was time for me to get up in the morning. I would have to really like go to the restroom because if I didn't, we would have some problems. And it has gotten better. Um, I didn't have many issues like with my pelvic floor or anything like that, but I had a hard hard recovery. Because I didn't get an episiotomy, he, he tore me in the sides, mm. and so because they didn't cut me down the middle, because um, he came out so fast, I pushed three times and he was out. Oh wow! So he came out so fast, I didn't get a chance to get an episiotomy. So working for me and stuff was was really really made my recovery really hard. So for me, that was the hardest part because I couldn't really walk after I had him. I couldn't stand. Um, I couldn't stand to even fix myself something to eat. 
and then my my partner wasn't really helping me very much with him so it was a struggle um and then like even after a month like i think the first time i left the house for an extended period of time other than his doctor's visit it had been a month maybe because then i could finally walk like put him in the stroller walk around and not feel like i was in a lot of pain um it, it was hard. And then I was nursing him. So, you know, dealing with issues with the breast getting larger and then the, the hurting. And then he was very greedy. So I had to take um, um, this supplement, this natural supplement, fenugreek. I had to take fenugreek to help produce milk and eat oatmeal. Fenugreek makes you smell like maple syrup. Mm. It's not it's not like a strong smell, but like you you can smell it on yourself a little bit. Like it's not like oh she smells like a maple tree. It's just like <laughs> like you you can smell like like that's the worst when you're just like what is that is that right it, and but it's like my friend that's a pediatrician told me no you need to take fenugreek like it will increase your milk so I started taking it and one day I woke up and my breasts were like this like I'm like I gotta go on this pump asap honey because. I mean, so dealing with that and just, I mean, you know, I didn't really feel like myself probably for about a year. Oh, wow. A year. Easily. And really, it it does take a year to recover from it. Like, they send you back to work in six weeks. That's, but it's emotional. You got, your hormones have to get back in balance. It's a coochie healing. Like, it's a whole process. In terms of postpartum, that shit didn't even get in full swing. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. It was there right after I had had him. But it was not even full swing till I was about eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Six to eight weeks. And then it was like, I felt like I got hit by an emotional bus of fucking hormones like things even looked different Mm -hmm. and I could feel my body in shock to the point where if I was away from my son I would have these like overbearing panic attacks and just blow my mom's phone up and if she didn't answer I would be like my son's dead my mom's dead everyone's fucking dead and it was such a scary experience like Mm -hmm. I started experiencing, um, uh, what's it called? Diso- not disassociate, uh, disassociation. I started to disassociate from who I was and not understand the things that I was experiencing. And it was the weirdest mind trip in the entire world. And the only thing that like brought me back and calmed me down and let me sort through my thoughts was self-medicating with marijuana because at that point even when I was using the antidepressants they had me going like this and then I had diarrhea and then I had side effects and would start sweating and I'm like I don't want to just be out in these streets having this shit like breaking out in the sweats I smoked a little bit of pot and then all of a sudden it's like I was able to sit down and say okay what's the situation why are you freaking out what's going on and like talk myself out of these really, really dark holes because prior to that, it was, it was so hard to explain how dark things were. Even like the sun came out and shit was just noticeably darker. It was it, it really eerie, but something that was definitely noticeable to even other people when they would walk in the room, you know? It was, it was, it was really, really, really weird. Wow. Yeah. It, it can, postpartum issues, and like for me, like I had nursed my son for so long after I stopped nursing him, I started to have cystic acne because what I had, that's another hormonal change to go from nursing a baby to, to wounding the baby. It's not mm-hmm. just a change for him. It's a change for you because the hormones is what produces the milk. And so I started to have lots of problems with my skin. And my best friend would do the same thing. The pediatrician, she had nursed all three of her kids, and they were kind of like stair-step. So when she got to that last one, and she stopped nursing that last one, they would, her face just like exploded. Like, it was terrible. And it's just it's so many different things that you go through 
just trying to recover from having a baby and even still no, it's just like I still deal with certain bladder issues. It's not bad, but well, and it's crazy. It's even with, with all of that, you're still a mom, so you're dealing with postpartum bladder issues, incontinence, you know, back pain. Yeah, and you may have issues with post-pregnancy, like with your uterus being lower and dealing with like heavy flow, and then you know, you still got a period, and you still got a period, and you still get headaches on your period, and you still get cramps, and you still. Oh, well, here's a plot twist that my body decided to do for me. So I found out I get sympathetic pregnancies. So the chick next to me at work gets pregnant. I had morning sickness for almost 12 weeks. Yikes. And then I was all just like, no, 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 it's fine. I think I'm just hallucinating. Like there's something obviously wrong with me. I'm gonna go to the doctor. She announces her pregnancy and I was like, Yo, I fucking knew it. Like, you know, it was a sympathetic pregnancy. Go to the doctor. Turns out I'm definitely not pregnant. And I was like, even more so. But fuck my body. Like, being a fucking follower, hopping on like, that's our baby. Mm-mm. I thought I was independent. No, the chick next to me. I don't even love this hoe. I, we both I, I, I never experienced that. Because the thought of even being pregnant right now, I would jump off a bridge. Oh, wow. <laughs> my partner had a sympathetic pregnancy when I was pregnant with our son and he was thrown up for mm. the first like four weeks and then he stopped and then I got it all and I was like no take it back nah yeah <laughs> I, I would let nah I'd be like nah that's all you boo uh, <laughs> all right, now, he was getting cravings and shit it was so cute be, be, before we get out of here I, I have to ask this question for you ladies um, so what is it that you want from your mate during all of this? Like, um, like, especially we'll say after you have the baby, like what was it that you really could have used? Maybe that you didn't get, maybe a that wife. you got, huh? A wife. A wife. <laughs> Oh, you you want another woman to come in? Someone that's intuitive, that's just like, okay, you just had surgery. Let me handle this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I feel like women have this little, some shit in them that makes them give a fuck and a little bit more selfless than many men that I see. Right. It's like a dude could be great. Yeah, I'll wake up and change this one diaper, but then it's like... Now I got to get up. I mean, did I not just do all of the legwork for the past eight months, nine months? Yeah. Just pop this whole fucking kid out. Like, more support and not like, you got this, babe. Like, actual active. There's other shit. Okay, you see that? I'm taking care of the kid. Go do some laundry. Go cook some dinner. Go do some shit. Put, match my effort. Right. Match what I'm doing. Yeah. That's it. It's fucking it. Because if there were two of me, oh my god, I think he's actually sleeping in the other room too. If there were two of me, shit would get done. I can tell you that right now, <laughs> for sure. Well, if you if they're gonna clone you, Q, I think uh, Alan wants the copy. So <laughs> that he does. Yes, I can't with him. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Uh, so, uh, is it is it basically the same, uh, Steph? Is that what you would? Like? I think the bar is so low because my ex didn't do anything. So, and I'm not saying that to be facetious or be condescending. I mean, when I came home with my son, my son was in a UV blanket because he had jaundice, and um, I was nursing him. I just told you I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit up on my own in the bed because it, you have to use the muscles to just be able to sit up. Mm-hmm. Um, my coochie hurt, okay? It was on fire, okay? They don't talk about that vaginal delivery and what, the, what it feels like afterwards, okay? They like they don't talk about that, how it stings and burns and all that. They don't talk about that. <laughs> that, that would just, when I'm telling you that burning and stinging and all that craziness, trying to use the restroom and it's hurting and you got stitches and all that, uh uh-uh. uh. So I would have at least like just like for somebody just to to keep the household running, you know, you know, load up the dishwasher, 
Give me something to eat because I can't get up. Right. And not ask me what needs to be done. The first night that I came home, I didn't get anything to eat. We slept through the night as if nothing happened. Nobody brought me anything to drink, no food, nothing. And I was trying to make somebody who was wrapped in a blanket and was extremely hungry. And I wasn't even making enough milk because I had to kill him. So my milk was still trying to come in. And I just, I, I cried. I, I just, it was a horrible experience. And I wish I would have had the bare minimum because at least I would have had, you know, somebody to buy groceries and warm up a TV dinner. Yeah. You know, to make sure that I had enough food to eat so I could produce milk because if I don't eat, I can't produce any milk either. Right. Mm -hmm. That's real. I'm sorry you went through that. That's horrible. Um, but, uh, But I want to end it with this is um both of you guys have sons right yeah and um i don't know if i've ever seen uh q's son before he's so cute but um, i can imagine i actually got a really funny picture i'll say while she's getting her picture um you know stephanie you your son very handsome young man looks just like his mama Thank you. Uh, you can't deny that one. <laughs> no, D, no DNA they test needed. Oh, uh, look at that. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, he's adorbs. Yeah. So you both have uh, wonderful kids. And um, you guys, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is because, you know, us guys, we're wrapped into our, ourselves, right? We don't know. You know? Like, I want to do a show this year about how much we don't know about the opposite sex, right? You know, because, like, we don't know basic stuff. And we've been dealing with women our whole lives. And we don't know, we don't know how a bra, what, we don't really know what a bra is for. We think we know. And we what? Like, there's a lot of guys, they really don't know. Definitely don't know how the sizes work. We just know if it's, if it's D, right, they, they big, right? <laughs> We don't know about yeah. how the body. The, the, Hell yeah, I need to be on one of them shows. Yeah, For man, sure. if 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 men had to measure their stuff by a bra size, it'd be a lot of embarrassment. I'm just saying, if guys could measure their shit by how many donuts they could stack on top, I think it would be. <laughs> oh. um, well, I mean, pretty. Oh, you know, you, you heard of the toilet paper roll okay? No, but I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with it. I like where your head's at. I mean, it sounds like we need to be in a private chat room, ladies. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh. I, I, I'll help you out with that show. All right, yeah. Because really, guys, we think we know stuff. Yeah, y'all be thinking. Y'all know, we don't, y'all we don't know. know. Y'all know nothing. No, and I, and I admit it. I'm a dude. And the um, honest, we, I'm a, whatever show needs to start off with a fucking diagram of a vulva and have guys label it because I know they're not going to get that shit right. With a with a with an arrow right to the clitoris. Uh-huh. <laughs> be like label this. Not down that. It's right. When I'm and then you need to have a fill in the blank. Why you need to have a fill in the blank? Real talk. What I'm, is the importance of a G spot? <laughs> real talk. What when is I, the labia majora and menorah for? Like these are questions that need answered. Menorah, ain't that where you put the candles on for Hanukkah? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll be oh, real right. honest. I'll be real honest. I'm 43 years old. Been dealing with women since 13, right? I really didn't start really paying attention to women until my 30s. Like, really. I'm talking about where I started. You know, like, because, like, it's like, you know how they say, I don't want to know how the hot dog is made. I just want to eat it. Yeah. You know, so, like, so I didn't pay attention to, like, you know, it was just like, okay, my woman is. She's here. She's dolled up and all of that. Cool. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? I never even thought about like what she did to get ready to be with me. You know what I'm saying? Only thing I I focused on was 
Yeah, the only thing I focused on is, man, we got to go. You know, I'm running late, you know, that kind of thing. And then, so, you know, um, I and I'm still, there's still a lot of things that, um, you know, because uh, you think you know a lot, right? When you're, especially a young man, you're like, I know everything about women. What you talking about? You know nothing. Right. No, it's true. But most guys, they, but you know what's going to be interesting? Some of our, the guys that we have in our group, I'm sure they're going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do real well. I'm not going to give them the answers beforehand. I'm going to let the ladies come up with some questions. And, Hell, uh, yeah, I got a ton of questions. So we, we're going to have, we're going to have like Andre on there and, uh, we'll, we'll have, uh, we'll have some. Better fucking get uh, Alan. Oh, we got to get Dante on there. <laughs> That'll be funny. Oh, God. So, no Google though. No Google Dante. No Google. <laughs> oh, and real quick. Uh, happy birthday to Aaron. Uh, it's his birthday today. So, it is. Uh, so big shout out to Aaron. So, uh, I don't even know how old he is. I think he's, is he still in his twenties? Is he crossing? I over think 30? he's 30 now. He's 30 now. So he's getting old too. So, <laughs> so no, just kidding. He's 29, maybe it's 91, baby. Oh, okay. So he'd be 30 next year. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think so. Don't give me the lion. He's 12. Yeah, so shout out to him. Happy birthday, bro. And also, uh, Ebony, who uh, uh, was going to be on the show, uh, Ebony came on, and she's a, a fashion expert. Uh, she did the BBW fashion. The Empress? No, no, not, not that Ebony. Um, uh, Ebony Maddox. Um, oh, okay. So I, and I really want to do a show with uh, with with uh, Ebony and um, Steph, because I think that'd be a good good one. She's a, She's a sweetheart. She was actually going to do it. And I said, girl, enjoy your birthday. Yeah, <laughs> happy like, birthday, Ebony. She's like, no, I'll do it. I'm like, no, do your birthday. Happy we'll, birthday. We'll, we'll, re, we'll reschedule you. So, um, But anyway, uh, we'll start off with uh, UQ. How can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? It's so funny. For social media, I always get confused what my tag is on Facebook, even though I'm pretty sure it's just my name. Yeah, no, it's just Q Vergara, which is Q-V-E-R-G-A-R-A. I'm going to start saying Q like cucumber. I really throw people for a fucking loop. Um, you can also get me on Snapchat. Let me see what my shit is. Um, yeah, it's under something else complicated. Cookie Mama. We huh? We snapping. Hell yeah. That's for all my nefarious shit. Q-U-Q-I-M-A-M-A. Yeah, because I'd be, you know, not on there as much as I should be. But y'all can see the debauchery that I get into. It's fun. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Stephanie, how can we get you on social media and all that good stuff? My Instagram is so so Steph underscore. And you can follow me there. And and for people who don't know, they, I think we've talked about this once before. It's not so so as in she's I mediocre. It's not that. It's so so because of uh so so deaf. Right. Yeah, she can play on words. Right. Cause I at first I was like, why she call herself so so? She's not totally not so so at all. But then when you say what it was, I was like, Oh, okay, all right. Well and it's funny because every time I hear it I'm like, so so Steph. <laughs> like just mm-hmm. yeah. every time, and then he was like, "It doesn't mean like it doesn't mean I." And I'm like, "Why would it? Oh, that's not how she says it, though." Right, right. So yeah, so just because people have asked before, and I always meant to uh, clarify that. So it's not that she's she's not saying she's I. <laughs> all right. So uh, Shannon, how can we get you social media and all that good stuff? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Shannon Ford, like the president, Heights and Jefferson, like the president. All right. So we're going to take our break. Uh, Shannon will be back in several hours. I'm continuing for this hour and then I'm going to take a break after this next hour. But thank you guys so much. And you guys have a beautiful rest of your night and we will continue on with the uh, To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world. And the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, 
fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and as usual, we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like helping replace stolen bikes and covering a cheer team's competition fees. And we can help you, too, with a great deal on a reliable, award-winning Honda, like the Civic. And people buy Civics more than any other car in California. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness. Based on IHS market calendar year to date, October 2019 for the small car segment new retail registrations in U.S.